Hey, my name is Philip Craig. I'm the pastor here at Aria Church. Thanks so much for joining us. I hope this podcast empowers you, hope it fuels your faith, and hope it impacts your life. Enjoy the message. Message. I was praying this week and just thinking, what can we talk about? And I think this is really important for me. I think it's also really important for us uh, individually, collectively, as a group. And I want to talk about the heart. I think the heart is something that we talk about a lot. We see it within the Scripture and the Bible a lot. Uh, but sometimes we don't really dig it. We can, kind of, we can look at it from a surface point of view and not really look at that practically. How does that practically look in my life? And how do I look after my heart? And can my heart go the wrong way? Here's the reality. Sometimes the world tells you, or, or you might hear it in a movie, just follow your heart. <laughs> That's terrible advice. And we would even see that said as Christians. I'm just, I've got it on my heart. I've got to be careful. My heart has told me to do some mean things <laughs> and react in some terrible ways, especially when I'm tired. And, and so I, I don't know about following your heart. So let's dig into that a little bit further. I just want to read a scripture and this is, the author is speaking to the, the church in Ephesus, in, in Ephesians 1. And it says this, um, I keep asking the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, uh, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation, so that you may know him better. So there's something to do with wisdom and revelation that helps us to know God better some things we need to put into place. I pray that the eyes of your heart, turn to your neighbor and say, open the eyes of your heart. May be enlightened, in other, other translations, that means to open, enlightened, in order that you may know. So if you don't open your eyes, you won't know the hope to which he has called you, this glorious hope the riches of his glorious inheritance of his holy people. There's something to inherit from this. You don't want to miss out on that inheritance, right? And his incomparably great power, so there's also not just an inheritance, there's power available, and it's great power for us who believe. So you need to believe, and then there's a power that's available. The power is the same as the mighty strength he exerted when Christ or when he raised Christ from the dead and seated him at the right hand in the heavenly realms. So this is the kind of power that makes dead things come back to life. This is the kind of power that resurrects situations in our lives, not just eternally at the end of our life, but also while we live on the earth. Because that's what we see when Jesus was here. He had that power. Situations changed. Eyes were opened when he was present, even just in his presence, in the radius of God's, uh, you know, of Jesus' presence, people would see. They would, as a, at his teaching, they would believe and be baptized. Also, if you want to get baptized, we're doing some baptism soon. This is also what I want to explain to you also, just while we're on this point. People believe and were baptized. They didn't believe and go through a 12-week course and then were baptized. It didn't also say an age group. How about that? Revelation? Are we getting some revelation? So it's some, some of these things we can complicate when they're actually supposed to be simple. 
Are you with me? You know, it wasn't too long ago I was in a situation and my heart was a little bit toxic. Can you believe that? I didn't think it at the time. Thanks, Nathan. I didn't think it at the time. I thought I was completely right. I, I, I was laser focused. I didn't really want to hear anyone's opinion or wisdom. I had my mindset concrete. And I actually probably got offended if everyone, anyone tried to tell me that I was wrong. And most of the time I didn't even ask. But there was a situation where some people you could call wise counsel or just other opinions. Because you know that wise counsel is really just having a multitude of different opinions from people who you would assume have made some good choices in their life. Right? And these people maybe were trying to help me, but I didn't want help. And I actually thought they were wrong. And they were cuckoo. Because I had the all-knowing all wisdom and authority. I was so much smarter than them. And I know none of you would have ever been in this situation. It's probably just me, right? But this is where I found myself. And let's fast forward. And I, I had a right to have my own choice. And they allowed me that. But I, let's fast forward a few years, maybe a decade. And I look back and I think, whoa, I got that so wrong. Actually, what they said mightn't have been completely right, but there was wisdom in it. There was truth in it. There was an experience in it. And I would have done well to humble myself and have an open heart to even receive a little bit of what they were saying. My heart had become unhealthy. My heart had become blind. My heart had become offended at anything that, that spoke to it that was other, uh, anything different than what I wanted to think or what I wanted to know. Because actually, a healthy heart is one that can sit at a table and have conversation and be open and not feel attacked when someone has a different opinion, not cancel people because they have a different thought. Because actually, some of the best decisions that we make are at a table. With multi That's why the Bible is actually pointing us in a direction to set up a governance where there's a table where we have wise counsel from different directions. We have presbyters, we have elders, we have all these different types of people we see in the Scriptures who are really just people who have been through it a little bit longer, have made a few more mistakes along the, along the journey, and can bring some ex life experience. Can I get an amen? But this is all connected to the heart. And keeping a healthy heart. And so sometimes we say, but, 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 sure, but surely if you just go with the heart, often what the heart does, if we're honest, we go with what we see. With what we know to our limited extent. That's when the world's telling you, just go with your heart. It's just go with what you know. Go with what you see right now. And the world also teaches us to look to people from the outside. You know, don't look into their heart. Just judge them from the way they look. If they don't look like you, don't hang out with them. They don't talk like you. But the beauty about the church is the church is the opposite. The church is full of people who wouldn't hang out if they're in a social gathering, who don't look like each other. 
The Bible actually talks about that in heaven there's every tribe and every tongue, every color. So, so a picture of, of, of a healthy church with a healthy heart is diverse in nature. Can I get an amen? We should represent the culture at hand. We should have Polish people. Nigerian, if there's people, Nigerian people in the community, come on, John Atino. We should have Nigerian people in the church. If there's crazy Irish people in the community, we should have crazy Irish people in the church. If there's Catholics and Protestants, politically, we should have them in the church. Oh, getting uncomfortable here, Phil. That's the truth. Can I get an amen? Come on, Killian. You better be shouting at me, brother. <laughs> get that Gaelic top out quick. Are my playing this week, today? I know you've got that top at home, mate. You should be worn at the church. And so we're talking about the heart. Let's challenge some ideas of the heart. It says in, in 1 Samuel 16, God judges a person differently than we do and humans do. Men and women look at the face at the outward, but God looks deeper into the heart. Before you came in here today, I was talking to our team and challenging how we see people as you come in here. This, have you ever been in a situation where someone asks you, hey, how are you doing? I'm great, but how are you really doing? What and you get awkward for a second, you're like, I might cry. Depending on whatever season in life you're in, you might actually cry if you're under a lot of pressure and you might just break. Because what they're saying is, what's going on in your heart? What's really going on behind the scenes? That's what, that's what, because if we get to that place and we can figure some of that stuff out, that drives the course of our life. That's the direction we're really going. What's this? When we talk about the surface idea of the heart, which is just the physical heart, let's, let's, let's look at what the heart is. The, your heart is responsible for pumping life-giving blood to 75 trillion cells in your body and can do so in under one minute. Today, your heart will beat approximately 100,000 times, shuttling 2,000 gallons of oxygen-filled blood through about 60,000 miles of blood vessels. Wild. Over your lifetime, your heart will pump around 1 million barrels of blood. The fact of the matter is without your heart functioning properly, you cannot live to the fullest. A healthy heart is vital to your well-being and overall health. You've got to fight for a healthy heart. The heart is vital. You see, when they were talking about the heart, when we see it in Scripture, they're talking about the spiritual heart. But the same principles apply. The amount of thoughts we have going through our heart. Actually, when they were talking about the heart, they weren't talking about necessarily blood, but they were talking about the hidden emotional, intellectual, moral interaction center of your being. The life source of all your thoughts, of all your ideas, of all your emotions, where all of that mixes together, that's really the heart. This is the heart they're talking about. But it's every bit equally as important as the physical heart. Actually, if you look within the scriptures, the physical and the spiritual are always often connected. 
Now, Jesus will give a, a physical outward story, a parable, an earthly story with, with a heavenly spiritual meaning. The physical and the spiritual are connected. How do I know that? I know that because when I'm feeling down, there's often a physical reaction. Or sometimes there can even be a breakout in your skin when you're under extreme stress. Because they're connected. There's actually evidence, scientific evidence, to show that there's a, there's a high percentage of our physical illnesses connected to our spiritual life, our emotions, our mind, our thoughts, our ideas, how we see the world, how we see ourselves. I don't want to throw a random stat at you, but it's, it's significantly high. And so we've got to look to the heart. And so I want to talk about three observations just in the scripture that we read. And the first one is the wisdom and revelation. It's so important, not like me back then, that we, that we look for wisdom. Because the Bible says that, that we find safety in a multitude of wise counsel. It's so important if we're going to open the heart and get advice for the direction in which we should go that we are open to advice. But not just advice from one person who you know will tell you what you want. Advice from all kinds of different people, even the ones that we don't like their opinion. Because often the reason we don't like that is because they're telling the truth about something that makes us uncomfortable. Can anyone give me a yes to that? You've been there. It says in the Bible, in Proverbs 24, by wisdom a house is built, and through understanding it is established through knowledge. Its rooms are filled with rare and beautiful treasures. The wise prevail through great power, and those who have knowledge muster their strength. Surely you're, you need guidance to wage war, and victory is won through many advisors. So if we're going to have a healthy heart, we've got to be open to wisdom. We've got to be open to advice. To be quite honest, you see, with church, after some of those lessons I learned and the pain I endured, I'll, I'll ask everyone. I'm calling, you know, I'm battling through some you know, theological things at the minute. I'm asking everyone that I know, what do you think? What do you think you've been through? And obviously people who are wise in this area have dealt with this area. I'm asking. I'm trying to cultivate and then, then we go to God for conviction. Hey God, this is what your words say. This is what wise counsel says. What do you say? Speak to me, Holy Spirit. Help me to find the way of life. Two, heart enlightened. You know that song? Some of you might know this. Open the eyes of my heart, Lord. I just need a drum beat in, in behind that, you I want to see you. God, in my emotions in the chaos, in my depressed state right now, in my confusion, in my lack of direction, in my fear of the future, open my eyes to what you see, Lord. Help me to see clearly right now because I'm confused. I wonder where you're confused right now. I wonder where in your life you feel a lack of clarity. You, you feel... Um, like giving up. 
is there something, to, is there something within the heart that needs to be shifted? And when we're asking God, hey, help me to see, what we're really saying is, God, you have answers. I need them. Speak to me clearly. Now, I love it when I see people coming in. Well, I don't really love it, but it's, I find it interesting. They come into church, and, and we find out Alpha. I find, see it week by week, especially guys. They come in, and they're like, I'm sitting on the back row. You just know they're going for the back row. And they're stiff. And they're like, head down, like, don't talk to me about anything that's emotional. Don't ask me, do you believe in Jesus? Don't ask me anything that's kind of beneath the surface. Because I'm really only here, probably, most likely for someone else, to keep them quiet, because they're, they're just on me all week. Because they're, they're hard. They're stiff. They don't want to go to the heart level. But I love it when I see it, and we've, we've seen this time and time again, where after a few weeks of worship, and maybe connecting to the Word of God, God begins to open the heart. And the heart begins to soften. And it's as if joy starts to creep in. It sneaks in. And it's like step by step, the heart begins to shift and soften. And before you know it, they're giving their lives to Jesus. Before you know it, addictions, years of spending life in bars and pubs and giving their life to those things, maybe as a cover-up, begins to shake. Actually, I heard this example just recently. A guy was speaking about, you know, painkillers, paracetamol. Anyone, don't put your hand up, love those things. <laughs> you know, painkiller kills pain. But actually, did you know, I'm going to bring some serious scientific knowledge to you right now, that painkillers don't actually get rid of pain. They mask pain. The pain is still there. They're covered up. See, sometimes what we're doing with our life, whether it be bad habits, whether it be a good habit too much, whether it be porn, whether it be on the internet, on Instagram, addictively watching friends too much on Netflix. Ah, can't get the living room back these days. Not, how many episodes are, are there of Friends? There's like, there's 10. There's like three decades. It's like, but often what's happening in those processes, we're taking a painkiller to cover up our hearts. There's potentially some things that need dealt with. We take the pill. We're not getting rid of the pain. We're covering the pain. But the pain is actually pointing to a problem that needs fixed. Can I get an amen? Number three, mighty strength is available. I love, this is what I was doing my daily devotion. This stood out to me a mile. I was looking at Stephen. And Stephen, in the book of Acts, was stoned. He seemed a bit nuts. And to be honest, to be a martyr, you probably had to be a bit nuts. Thank God for the nuts who have faith in Christ. Because they do some great work. And... At the end of his life, he was saying something similar to what Jesus said as he was being stoned. He says, then falling on his knees, he cried out loud, loudly, Lord, do not hold this sin against the people who were murdering him. 
That seems mad. But it also seems seriously strong to have the capacity to say something so bold while your flesh is dying. Jesus said the same, Father, forgive them for they do not know what they're doing while he was on the cross. There's some sort of strength that's available when your heart taps into the power that's available in the Holy Spirit. I was actually speaking to someone recently, uh, um, and we're just talking about how sometimes you just underestimate your ability to endure pain. The idea, when we think about pain or life not going well, sometimes we just don't experience the reality because when we get there, there's something can just rise up in us. And you just look to a woman having child, childbirth, it's just mad. Like, what? It's mad. We have more capacity. It maybe makes sense that we're supposed to speak faith, words of faith and affirmation. It maybe makes sense that we're supposed to build each other up and champion each other on. It maybe makes sense that we're supposed to prophesy because maybe prophecy is speaking to that part of us that's already there and it's just bringing it out. And so it, it, it actually allows your heart to be healthy in the moment until we, instead of just enjoying the faith moments when we get through the hardest times of our life, maybe we can enjoy the faith moments in the present now as we prophesy and speak what we already know. Are you with me? I'm doing this by myself. So, so when God moves the heart, everything else follows. And that's why we've got to protect the heart. The Bible says we should guard the heart because what the issues of life actually come from it. The issues of life can come from the heart. And it's so important that we guard it. So I just want to talk, I'm going to finish off here about why guarding your heart matters and why it's important that a heart does not become blind and we don't keep taking the paracetamol all the time, that sometimes we've got to feel the pain and let the pain lead us to God's heart and lead us to dig deep and lead us to learn something new. Because to be honest, I don't know about you, but any time that I've learned any lesson, it involved feeling the pain and being desperate enough to God help me, show me, I'm so sorry I didn't listen to the wise counsel. I'll definitely do it the next time. And I promise you, I've done it the next time. Probably overcompensated. The guys are like, leave me alone, Phil. I've told you what I thought. Make your decision. Just tell me. See, most people would say their future is determined by their choices, education, financial ability, luck of the draw, coincidence. Some of those things are true. And they definitely play a part. But the Bible teaches us that there's a much greater part that plays a role in our future. And that's the way our heart is directing us. Because the heart is what directs the ship of our soul. And if we ignore it, and we just go on feelings, and we just go on whatever our feelings feel like, then we, we actually can end up in a place where we're avoiding life. We're not truly experiencing life. We're just busy, and we don't see how God sees our, our hearts have become blind. So guarding your heart begins with one, a commitment. The same way when you, you're, you're looking to get a healthy heart physically, you make a commitment, right, I'm going to start eating right. I'm going to get to the gym. I'm going to start to walk. I'm going to eat healthy foods. You make a commitment first. I'm going to look after my spiritual heart because it's essential for the direction of my life. 
So we're going to use a, a cheesy acronym here. Are you ready for it? Not really a fan of cheese, but we're going to go for it. Uh, and, and we're going to do an acronym of heart. So the first one is H, health. What we feed our spiritual heart will often dictate whether we're protecting it and also the results in which we get. So if we're not feeding our physical heart and our physical body correctly, then often that can affect every area of our life, how we see ourselves, how we feel, the energy that we have, the same with our heart. What are we feeding our soul or our heart? What are we feeding our mind? If you're not doing daily devotions, don't expect to have a healthy heart. If you're not praying or worshiping regularly, don't expect to be on fire and all fired up coming into church. Like, and you might even start saying things like, I don't feel it anymore. Well, of course. <laughs> of course you don't, because it's not healthy. You're feeding it all the wrong things. You're getting the results of that health. That's why we're pushing daily devotion. That's why we give you the bread books. We're looking for health. Healthy things grow, get better. Process things in a, in a healthy manner. Unhealthy things take paracetamol. I'm not, I'm not all against paracetamol. I'm at them all day. I'm only kidding, I'm not. But, but if I'm hurting, I will take one. But I'm just talking about generally health. Number E, emotions. We have to bring our emotions into alignment with God's word. Emotions are, are mad. Especially when you're trying to do a 16 to 8 fast. You know, 16 hour fast, 8 hours window eating. I've went to extremes sometimes, and I'm, as someone spoke to me earlier about this. There's demons come out. The demons just rise up. <laughs> it's not good. And so we've got to be careful with our emotions. I always say this, emotions are great followers, terrible leaders. But we don't throw emotions out. We don't get all weird and don't listen to our emotions. We listen to our emotions as they're pointing us to the problem. So we guard our hearts when we control our emotions. We guard our hearts by controlling our emotions. And that looks more like a choice. We choose. Sometimes we have to choose joy. And that's a mature choice. We're not going to... Emotions will blow you around like the wind. Up and down, left and right. A, attitude. Our attitude is an essential part of guarding our heart. Have you ever noticed that negativity can spread real quick? Or have you heard that saying, birds of a feather flock together? Is that right? That birds of a feather flock together? Meaning the same types of birds hang out. And often if you're feeling negative and you need to talk to someone, you'll, you'll naturally, subconsciously go look for the most negative person because you know they're going to enjoy being negative with you. Yeah. Like if I want to find out where, if I want to gossip, I just go find who loves to gossip. Oh yeah, come on, talk to me. Let's pray about this. You know, use prayer as the, the scapegoat. You would never do that in here, I know, but other people do that. And so we've got to be careful that, that we don't fall into the attitude of just constantly complaining, criticizing, this isn't right, that isn't right. Because what happens is our heart be, 
is cultivated by that attitude. The more we do that, you're spreading seeds of negativity. And those seeds give birth to more fruit. And before you know it, that's all you do. So a complaining spirit is contagious. Come on, some of you have been in the workroom, in the staff room, and, and there's just someone just keeps finding fault with something. Come on, look, I know you're in those teaching staff rooms. <laughs> As a sub-teacher, I get to be around a few of them. And there's different cultures in them all, but there's some, oh my goodness, one person can just swamp the whole staff table with just pure negativity and it's like you're going back it's all you know they're trying to get a, a relief from pouring themselves out to the students and you just come back you're like I'm not coming back to the staff room again I feel worse now but then you can go to other staff rooms and they're great fun full of joy they're just listen work is work sometimes you just got to grind and just enjoy each other's company and build each other up and have fun and and it's a joy to be in those environments. You feel lifted. Well, you know what? God's spirit is life-giving. It's like that kind of staff room. I hope that we're that kind of church that we, you come in and say, hey, you're looking great today. Or, you know, if, if the person's not looking that great, pick one thing that is. <laughs> Listen, he's not smelling good, buddy. But at least he tied his shoe. Well, I mean, you're too chewy. The way you tied that shoe is Brilliant. You know, we spray. It's good. You know, I'll help you out in a lot of ways. Just a wee. <laughs> so we're not denying the reality that life is sometimes hard, but we're choosing to be joyful, and that's going to help our heart. I tell you what, when you go into environments where people speak life, or you could, a fancy word is prophesy life, see God's best in the future for you right now. When you go into those kinds of environments, you're on your toes. You're like, oh, I can't wait to go there. I'm excited for the staff. I'm excited for church. I'm excited for a group. But if you go to the opposite, you're like, oh, man, I can't. I'm nervous. I'm going to leave feeling drained. Life sucked clean. Have you, who's got a friend that's, that sucks the life clean out of you? Anyone got? No, don't put your hand up. They might be sitting beside you. <laughs> Send them for prayer later. But really what's going on there is those people have, have a heart attitude. They have chosen to invest their time and energy into things which are not going well. You see, when we worship here, when we worship, what are we doing? We praise you, God. We worship you, Jesus. We give you honor. We give you glory. This part of my life suck right now. This part of my life is awful, but I'm still giving you glory. That's called maturity. That's called consistency. That's called choice. And that's called regulating the heart. That's called, you see that we score on the wall? It's called a thermostat. It, it dictates the temperature in the room. As you worship, you, you put a thermostat on your heart. I'm bringing this thing right up to 20 degrees, if you like 20 degrees. I'm, bring, I'm bringing this thing right up consistently. Because when, the, when it's too warm in here, I see you sweating. I see I'm, I'm wearing shorts next week. This room gets really warm. And some of you might, I'm not going. I'm watching online. Because it's too warm. It's not comfortable. It's not consistent. But if we can get a consistent environment, it just keeps distractions away. So you can actually focus on worship. And so as we worship, 
we bring in a healthy environment to our soul. Amen? So if we want a healthy heart, we've got to commit to a positive attitude. Response. Every day we have the opportunity to respond. This is so important. Your response is an indicator of your heart. So how do you respond when you come up against somebody in work who does the wrong thing, says it the wrong way? How do you respond? Well, that is a response. That response tells you how your heart is. What do you do when there's an inconvenience? How do you respond? Here's a few unhelpful responses. Anger, sarcasm, gossip, negativity. If you're sharp with someone, and here's, here's the reality. Don't throw that out. Don't ignore it. Don't, don't take the paracetamol. Receive the pain of that moment. Say, right, I was sharp there. Right, I was, I was angry there. That was wrong. I'm going to bring that into obedience. That, that is not the fruit of the Holy Spirit. That is not a life-giving spirit. Do whatever you got to do. Apologize. But most importantly, correct it in your heart. Agree inside your heart that that was wrong and then move forward. Don't ignore it because it'll come back in worse form. I promise you. It says in Galatians 5 and 22, um, the Spirit of God provides us the life-giving love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. That's a healthy heart. Anything outside of that is an unhealthy heart and we must come against it. We must challenge it, not ignore it. And lastly, your thoughts. The thoughts that you have are the window into your heart, the soul the Bible talks about. So, so every thought we're supposed to take captive, meaning if there's unhealthy thoughts in your mind, which you will have them, that's normal. You have to be able to say that's wrong. Capt capture those things at the root. The Bible says we can destroy arguments and every lofty opinion raised against the knowledge of God and take every thought captive to obey Christ. You have the ability, you just have to make the choice. And you have to be self-discerning. One of the most powerful attributes I believe you can have as a human being is to have self-awareness. The reason we don't have self-awareness, I believe, is often because we ignore the things that cause us pain or distress because we don't want to deal with the hardship that we sinned, made a mistake, got it wrong. But it's so, you'll do it, you'll get it wrong less if we deal with it. So as Kate comes forward with the keys, we're going to finish off here. And I love this, we'll finish here. It says in Philippians 4 and 78, this is how we should think. This is what heart posture looks like in a healthy heart, and the peace of God which surpasses all understanding, that's a healthy heart, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Finally, brothers, whatever is truth, this is our focus, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there's any excellence, if there's anything worthy of praise, think, think, Think about those things. Choose. Have the attitude. Have the thought life. Cultivate, plan, and prepare environments that help you to thank God. It could, you could call that prayer. 
an environment where you, God, I thank you for today. I thank you for breath in my lungs. There's some stuff going on in the background, God. I hand them to you right now. I ask you to move, but God, I thank you for today. I thank you for what you've done in my life. Thank you for what you're going to do. I see great things in the future. I see open doors in the future. I see your will being done in the future. God, I thank you. I'm an overcomer. I'm choosing today to believe you at your word. I'm an overcomer. Listen, it's amazing to be at the table with an overcomer. Jesus is your overcomer. He's at your table. But he's also called you to be an overcomer. An overcomer speaks with the words of victory. They speak with with the word of strength. They speak with the battle having already been won in their mind. That's what an overcomer does. You're an overcomer. No matter how hard How big the giant seems. God has called you to prophesy, encourage yourself in the word like David done. Not to to bypass reality, but just to receive the life source that the heart needs to operate and function at its best. So guarding your heart requires guarding your mind. Let's go ahead and stand. Hope you enjoyed the podcast today. I hope it encouraged you. There's a few things I'd love you to do. I'd love you to subscribe to our YouTube, iTunes, or Spotify account. This is so you can keep up with our most recent material and messages. If this ministry has impacted your life and you'd love to help us reach others, you can do that right now by going to ariachurch.org and giving now. Cannot wait to see you next week on the Ariat Church podcast.